this morning. I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, leading up to communion, about the importance of uh, finding your your Goshen. And uh, Goshen uh, was, uh, you'll, you'll read about it in uh, Genesis chapter 45, verse 10. That's the first mention. But I'll come back to that uh, because I really uh, today uh, want us to really, uh, you know, put the uncertainty of our times in, in uh, context. Uh, I'm sure there's a virus and I'm sure that it's highly contagious and very dangerous. And each one of us has to decide how to best minimise their risk. Uh, my biggest concerns uh, uh, on this is that what started as a six-week shutdown at the start of the, uh, well, that's probably February, March last year, has now turned into, uh, you know, approaching 18 months of, of this sort of thing. And uh, I hope you're doing okay. Um, one of the things is, is that I do know that uh, people everywhere have been really affected by this. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure that many, many people have been uh, affected financially. Uh, but it's sort of come to a point now where I'm very, very concerned about how it's affecting people emotionally. And someone mentioned that earlier on. Uh, one of the things you've got to know is that uh, the virus is one thing, but there are just so many massive things going on globally. Uh, the, there's just a huge, uh, you know, shift in the geopolitical powers. Uh, what's happening in Afghanistan is is uh, is really treacherous. Uh, with the Taliban coming coming back in and taking over uh, the city of Kabul there. You know, uh, we here in Australia are still, you know, in a place of uh, reasonable safety. But the world really is changing. And I think what started at the be beginning of last year uh, it's, it's started a whole chain of events. There's so many things happening. And, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that things are going to come away, that uh, things are going to be restored to normal. Uh, you know, someone said, well, uh, uh, normal is not coming back. Jesus is. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that Jesus is going to come back this year, next year, or even in five years' time. But I do believe that the shifts that are happening are beginning to pave the way uh, for uh, the end of the church age uh, and certainly for, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, Antichrist uh, to emerge. Uh, you know, uh, I, I don't want to give timelines on this. It's not about that, you know, uh, but, but things are changing. And rapidly and radically. And uh, I, I just don't know uh, what's going to happen in the near future. But this I do know is that the principles uh, lined out there in the scripture uh, 
and and God has made provision for us in there. So we need to be able to find our own uh, Goshen. Goshen was a piece of land in Egypt, and it was set apart by Pharaoh for Joseph's family. And it was a place of safety. It was a place of comfort, and it was a place of provision for them. And the first mention of it is in uh, Genesis chapter 45, verse 10. And uh, uh, it says, You shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and you shall come near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. Therefore, I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there are still five years of famine. So this is, uh, you know, this is what uh, what the word says there. And I think the five years. I think there's really, um, you know, potentially something in that that could speak to each one of us. And I could talk to you some more about that, particularly from a uh, a timeline that Dr. Jonathan gave us. Uh, in 2012, which just lines up exactly with that. Firstly, Goshen means drawing near, and that is what we should do now. Uh, we need to personally draw near, near to him and find that place. It's like a personal Goshen or Goshen or however you like to pronounce it, a place of safety. And, uh, you know, one of the prophetic words that we did have here in Gippsland is that, uh, you know, people would drive into this place and feel a sense of safety. Uh, so, so I've always remembered that, you know, that they'd feel safe here. And uh, I think that's up to the church in this region to, to uh, rise. But firstly... Uh, personally, we need to draw near to, near to him and find that place. Psalm 91, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High uh, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Uh, this, is a, this is like that place of safety, that place of, uh, you know, protection and provision. Number two, our homes should become our Goshen. And we need to uh, watch over it. I think more than ever, we really need to guard our homes and what we allow to come into our homes. Make sure that God is the God there and nothing else finds its way in. I really believe that during our time of uh, being in our home, we have so many hours that we're in our home and we really need to build an altar there to him. And this is really one of the keys of uh, making your home that safe place, that place of protection and that place where God provides for you. I think it's smart to have, you know, to uh, make sure that the frequency in our home is right, you know, that we are, you know, not bringing the frequency of the world into our home. Uh, you know, it's fine to, uh, uh, you know, uh, watch videos and things like that. But I believe if we're over, over giving ourselves to the wrong thing, we're creating the wrong atmosphere in our home. And we need to guard it. We need to guard 
the presence in our home. Uh, you know, uh, this for me is as the uh, co-leader of our home with my wife is my responsibility to make sure that uh, I am guarding what comes into our home. And I want to say to the, you know, younger ones, be careful what you're just continually watching. It's almost like we have a generation under hypnosis now. And we, uh, we need to make sure that, that we're guarding, you know, guarding our heart and that we are, uh, you know, creating that Goshen, that place that, that we're drawing near to him. So number two, two our homes should be, uh, should be our Goshen. And, uh, you know, I'm reminded, uh, you know, how the Passover was established that uh, the, the people of God were instructed to, uh, to spread the, uh, uh, to take the lamb and to uh, shed its blood and to uh, apply the blood to the lentil of the house. And I believe that spiritually, this is what we need to do. And, uh, you know, that, that uh, I was speaking to someone in Melbourne yesterday and they said this is literally what they're doing. They're taking some of the communion and applying it to the lentil of the house. And it really did speak to me because I believe figuratively, at least figuratively speaking, this is what we must do, that more and more we need to up the ante of making sure that our home is our place or our Goshen. Uh, that we're not allowing tension and disagreement to come into the household, but we are really finding that agreement before God in our home. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just one of the things that's been a real blessing to me with my wife, with Lynn, is that we have, you know, continually built out of an agreement, out of a place of agreement. And, uh, you know, while we, uh, you know, have our disagreements on things, on the main things, we have a real spiritual agreement. And, uh, you know, we can stand in our home and we can pray together and we can agree for the protection of God and for the provision of God. And this is a wonderful thing. And it's what we really all need to make sure that we do during this time. So we have a personal Goshen, that place that we go, that we draw near to him. Number two, our homes need to become our safe place. And to be able to stand together and to decree together and pray together that our homes that would become that place. Amen. Number three, corporately, I see this. I really believe that by the grace of God, our city and our region can become a Goshen during this time. And, uh, you know, this is the purpose where God places a church like ours in the midst of a community that really does believe God's word, stand by God's word, and aspire to live that way. That, you know, our church should not just be for ourselves. You know, this is not just for my comfort. This is not just for my provision. This is just not for my personal success. We have got a far greater mandate than that that the church would really rise into the place of the spirit and be able to stand in the spirit 
Uh, you know, the, the, the upper room on Thursday mornings and Friday mornings is such a vital, vital thing for us. Because I know that as we do this, uh, you know, as we take our place in the upper room and as we really stand there together, that we are creating that Goshen, not only for us, but for many others who connect with us. It's vital. I really believe this is going to become more and more and more important as time comes by. Do you know what? It's like things are going on in the earth now uh, where, uh, you know, our Western society has always had the answers to every problem. But in this time ahead, it is almost like things are careering out of control. And, and I can tell you this, honestly, we've seen nothing yet. We have seen nothing yet. I know that God showed me this in a, in a uh, dream 18 months ago. Oh, well, it's getting, yeah, be more than that now. It was November 2019. I was, uh, I was in Malaysia at the conference there and, and uh, I had a dream. And uh, in the dream, I dreamt that I was in a big sort of like a cathedral. I knew that God was speaking of the church. And I, and I was at the front and I was, uh, I was dressed in like, uh, I would say I was dressed in uh, armor. Uh, but it was a funny dream because uh, I had all the chain mail, I had the sword, I had the helmet, I had the belt, all these things, I was dressed in it. But when I looked down, underneath it, I had my tracksuit on. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, Brian, this is not a dress rehearsal. And I really believe that is what God is saying to the church in these days. This is no dress rehearsal. This is really the real thing now. And we're finding that, uh, you know, in the realm of church across the nation, people are struggling to stay with God because they've been so cultural and following the culture and appeasing the culture. But we really need to, as a church and as a people, find that kingdom culture. So we must be connected in, in our hearts to the kingdom with everything that we have in us. And this is one of the keys, you know, to our, our personal life and our, our church and even our region becoming like a Goshen, that we would be able to rise up and really connect with heaven and be his people, totally connected, totally abandoned to him, totally following him. And, uh, you know, I think this is the day for the church of the living God to arise and to really take its place. I know what we're called to be here in the city. You know, I know what God's called us to, and we need to be that. There's also things that he's called us to that I don't know yet, and we need to watch and see those things unfold. So, so uh, uh, yeah, we need to build our Goshen personally, corporately, and in the region. And I feel it happening. I believe that God is making the way for this to happen. Here's a couple of thoughts that I believe will help us this morning. 
Number one, Goshen needs drawing near. The first thing is, is that during this time, in the, in the time ahead, that we need to be so close to him. You know, so close to him. In the, uh, you know, uh, in the book of Acts, Peter and John, they knew that they had been with him. And I really believe that in the future, one of the things people are going to know about the people of God that are really his, that they will know that they've been with him. They won't have to ask you, they'll know. And this is one of the things about the Christians in, the, in that first century, they didn't have to ask them, they just knew. They, they called them Christ ones. They, they walk with Jesus, they fellowship with Jesus, but after Jesus went, they became so filled with the Holy Spirit, they were so connected to him, they were so at home in the upper room, and they were so connected to one another that it was obvious to everyone out there. The scripture says in James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to him. Draw near to him. It's a real key for the time. And the second part of that verse says, and he will draw near to you. It's a supernatural, provi- uh, uh, it's a supernatural principle that God is waiting for you. He's waiting for us. And we need to be able to draw near to him. It's like, the, you know, you take a step towards God and he'll take 10 steps towards you. How do you do that? I think one of the things you've got to do is, is, uh, is um, just put him first and make that decision to meet him in our prayer, in our praise. I know that... Uh, I've done a lot of this over the years, and at times I really feel the call of God to do this, to go and just go to a place where I can just meet with him. And that brings me to my second point this morning, which is continually prioritising his presence. Continually prioritising his presence. You know, this is the pattern of, uh, of success in the Old Testament where we continually prioritise his presence. You know, the priest carried the ark and that opened up the way. Uh, you know, uh, the worshippers went out first. It's a pattern that's in scripture. Moses said, I, I don't want to go anywhere unless your presence is there. So In our mind and in our heart, we need to continually prioritise his presence. This is one of the great keys to turning our personal life and our home into a Goshen, to continually prioritise his presence, to find that place. And it's as simple as, as raising your hands and beginning to worship him. But the more that we prioritise his presence, the more that it will impact into our life. I really believe this has been a pattern in our church and it is why our church is there. It's why we were able to enter into the stables. 
you know, the year before we, before we had the breakthrough into the stables, we prayed every morning of the year at the church in Wade Court there. Every morning we were there and, uh, and we we're praying. And I, I remember one morning that uh, the Lord spoke to us out of the scripture about Bel Parazam, which means God of the breakthrough. And I knew that morning in my spirit that the stable, something was going to shift. I didn't say anything about it, but I knew that there was a shift. So this is the key, you know, to be able to pray that way until the breakthrough comes. Number one, draw near to him. You know, uh, I love it when we come into spring because the weather feels different. Uh, it's a little bit warmer. Uh, getting out of bed in the morning is a bit more inviting. Uh, and around here also, the, the outdoors calls you a bit. And uh, it's a great opportunity to go down and sit by the lake, uh, maybe with your Bible and your notebook and draw near to him. Because if you do this in this season, you will feel uh, God just come to you. Draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Continually prioritize the presence. Number three, remember his continual promises and his provision. Remember his continual promises and his provision. I'll just find uh, Psalm 91 because it speaks to us today. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You know, this is really about continually prioritizing his presence. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Uh, a few, probably about a month ago, I did a message on who do you trust? Uh, look, it's not easy. It's not easy. You know, one of the things about us Aussies is that there is a, a distrust, I suppose, in a lot of authority. And I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. But I do also want to say this, that one of the reasons I believe there is such a disconnect between government and people is that our state government in 19... Sorry, in 2007, authorized the killing of the unborn up until full term. That is a major, major sin against God. And, you know, decisions always have consequences. Recently, euthanasia was passed, and there are other laws that have been passed that have are an offence against God. Now, I think we need to be obedient to our government to the degree, the best degree that we can be. But ultimately, our safety will come from God above. Yeah. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. Hey, listen to this. Surely he shall deliver you 
from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. Do you know what? Make your life a Goshen. Make your home a Goshen. Let us together stand together and say that sale, Gippsland, is going to be a place like that. Let's rise up into the spirit and be that. Do you know why that happens? Because we apply the principles of drawing near. You know, who are we near to? What have we been allowing into our lives and our homes? You know, one of the things right from when this, this uh, you know, uh, pandemic started is that I've seen the need for greater holiness in my own life. Maybe some of us are still being a little bit careless. Then we open the door and, uh, you know, and we can become vulnerable um, unnecessarily. The scripture says, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilences. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings, uh, uh, under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall surely be your shield and your buckler. You know, we need to know the truth. We need to have the spirit of truth. Moving on a little bit, it says here, because you have made, verse 9, because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. Amen? No plague shall come near you, nor your dwelling. This is the best vaccination there is. And if anyone uh, uh, decides they need to take a vaccine, that is fine. It's fine by me. But this is where we all need to stand because even our parliamentarians had said that the vaccination is not a magic bullet. It's not a magic bullet. He who, no evil shall before you, nor shall any plague come near you, nor your dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge of you. In your hands they will bear you up. Um, one of the things, too, I need to backtrack a little bit, too. One of the big things about this whole season is the incredible fear that seems to be gripping people. And it says in verse 5, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your right side and 10,000 at your right side, but it shall not come near you. Amen. I think we really need to make sure that we're close to God more than ever before. That our Christianity is real and authentic more than ever before. We need to be there. Don't lose sight of it. Number three is remember his continual promises 
Yeah, I'm still on number three. Remember his continual promise and provision through the ages. The cross is his provision for us. Julian spoke about that. His, the cross is his provision for us. Do you know what? We've got to stay close to the cross. We need that revelation of the cross. That without the cross, we are nowhere and we have no protection. But the scripture says if that we identify with his death on the cross, that we will experience his resurrection in our life. It's Romans chapter 7. His blood is the price. We're going to take communion just in a moment. We're going to take communion, and this is his provision for us. His blood, the blood shed on the cross, is absolutely protective. Tell you what I'm going to do this morning is a prophetic act. I'm going to take, I'm going to dip my finger in the communion at the end of this service, and I'm going to put it on the doorposts as a prophetic sign that this house is a kind of Goshen. You might like to do that yourself. You don't have to, but, I, but I'm just going to dip my finger in there and on the uh, doorposts, make the sign of the cross and declare that there's no plague coming near me or my dwelling in Jesus' name. I can't guarantee any other protection. There's no other magic bullet. There's no 100%, you know, and uh, I just want you to know it's all okay. It's all good. The greatest place that we must be found is in the presence of God. Remember his continual promise and provision through the ages. And, uh, you know, the greatest promise that God has given us is the promise of his Holy Spirit which is poured out in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And his Holy Spirit is here this morning. Do you know what? We need a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. We need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, This is our life. I uh, honestly... And am addicted to the upper room. And, you know, at the end of Jesus' life or when Jesus went uh, and ascended into the heaven, there was a call to the upper room, but not everyone was found there. Not everyone was found there. It's really, really important that we, in our own way, are able to find him, encounter him, connect with him, and be filled by him. Incredible promises. The Bible talks about how the new covenant has better promises. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was always on the outside. But now the Holy Spirit is in me. And I'm beginning to learn to live from the inside out. You know, one of the big challenges for, I believe, Christians in this um, era is is that they tend to live from the outside in. Mm. 
we tend to live from the outside in and you've got to be very careful because if you live from the outside in, the storm that is going on on the outside can get onto the inside. And we must resist that because when that happens, very hard to hear God, very hard to make the right decisions. So I really believe that God wants to help us this morning establish our own Goshen personally, corporately as a church, and even in the region. I really believe that as we answer this call to have a total trust in him and to love him and to seek him out, regardless of where we're at, you know, uh, you know we give so many hours to our employer and we give him the best of our life. But how many hours do we give the Lord? You know, it's because we tend to deprioritize his presence. And I'll tell you, one of the signs of the church in the last days is that Jesus will be number one. Prayer will be number one. The Holy Spirit will be number one. We will learn. He will have his way. And this is how it's meant to be. You know, uh, the future, who knows what is going to happen next? We just don't know. There's all sorts of forces moving around, all sorts of partnerships happening, uh, you know, that, that we don't completely understand. Uh, the world is very quickly becoming a different place. But do you know what? Jesus knew. And he shed his blood for you so that in every season and in every circumstance, you can prevail. And he said this about the church. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. So we just thank you for the, uh, you know, the communion that we're taking this morning. And we are drawing near to you this morning, Jesus. We're drawing uh, right into your presence, right into the throne room. You know, we're in the upper room, but there's that connection between the, the upper room and, and you know, uh, the dwelling place of God, which is in the heavens. It's pretty awesome. We're not orphans. We're not being abandoned. We have the spirit of truth. And this morning, as we take communion, something is happening. Amen. I do not feel that I'm disconnected from God. I don't feel abandoned. I don't feel overcome. You know, the scripture says, what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. But during this time, you can feel the storm. Don't let the storm get on the inside. Don't let the storm get on the inside. Mm. So what do we do? We need to draw near to him this morning with a heart full of faith. Come boldly before his throne. Number two, continually prioritize his presence. Number three, remember his continual promise and provision through the ages. The cross is his provision for us. His blood is his provision for us and the price paid for redemption 
and the Holy Spirit is his promise to us. Don't allow the storm to come onto the inside of your boat. Amen. So we're just going to take communion. And, uh, you know, it's bread and it's wine and it's powerful. Yeah. So, Father, we just take uh, the bread and the wine this morning, these symbols. Lord God, uh, we thank you for our covenant with you. That, Lord God, you are our God, you are our Lord, you're our Father. And, Father, this morning we reaffirm our covenant with you as we take communion. Father, we give you thanks. Lord God, as we take our communion this morning, and whether we do it figuratively, it's up to you, or or. You know, take some of the wine and just uh, put it on the doorpost of our house and we declare that no plague shall come near us or our dwelling. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you thanks. Amen.